Hello and welcome to Breadcrumbs. This is Ashley, aka Ash Kitten, and I know that I've been absent for a couple weeks, and I apologize. Um, I have a pro like one of my biggest problems in the world is consistency, and another thing, and the reason why consistency is a problem is because I get overwhelmed by new information or events and um, it I just shut down. So I can't be consistent with anything because no matter what, I'm just like, nope, I'm done. And it's not like a depression thing because I don't like get sad or, you know, depressed and, you know, but I just literally like just stop communicating with people. It's weird. A lot of people don't understand it. My parent, my mom does not understand it at all. She freaks out. She thinks that I like died and stuff. Um, but I've been facing a lot of new information and events that have happened recently and that have dramatically affected my life and my kids' lives. So I just, my reaction is to just, that's how I process is I shut down. It seems weird, but it literally is me just processing everything. Um, but I understand that it does bother people that, you know, I don't reach out and let them know I'm okay. Especially people in my close life that are like, you disappeared. You haven't called. You haven't talked to me for nothing. And um, it's not it's not that I don't want to. It's just that I, I'm just so overwhelmed with what's going on in the moment. And I can't think about anything else. So, um, and then it gets to a point where it's just like snowballs because then like there's too many people that I haven't reached out to. And then I'm like, oh, well, if I talk to this person, I got to talk to this person. And it's just it snowballs. So I'm just like, I'm, I wait until I have the energy to deal with it. Um, all right. So updating you guys two weeks later. On everything um, I feel like I did a pretty good job of like giving you guys plenty of content before I disappeared which I didn't plan that but I feel like like I don't know like part of me already knew that 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 was coming so I was just like binging on content just like giving you guys as much content as possible it was all the same subject and it was just like lots of questions about me. But hopefully you guys had a chance to marinate on that. Um, so really quick updating what's going on with me. Well, my ex, which is the father of my kids, had a mini stroke and that was pretty overwhelming. He was in the hospital and ICU and um, I'm, I'm kind of getting used to him being in the hospital because he's... Um, he has end-stage kidney failure, and um, he got diagnosed with kidney problems at 19 when we were together. Um, it was like when we were first together, and he just didn't want to deal with it. He like literally just was like, well, if I don't acknowledge it, it's not a real thing. And time went on, and he didn't acknowledge it, and his kidney failure got worse. Um, it's familial and genetic, so it is in his genes, it's nothing that he did, but, um, it's, you know, something that I have to deal with the father of my kids always being sick. My kids always wanting to know if their dad's going to die. So there's that. Um, I had a really hard 
oh, I don't want to cry. I had a really hard um, to deal with conversation with my kids about that when he went in the hospital. Um, so that made me very overwhelmed, like my kids fearing that their dad was going to die and what was going to happen. And I, I always like to have control over things and I like to have everything nice and neat in nice, neat little piles. And, um, I'm not the most organized person in the world, but emotionally, I'm usually pretty, pretty stable and organized emotionally. And, um, dealing with not being able to promise my kids that everything's going to be okay because I didn't know what was going to happen. And that was hard because they're wanting that. They're looking for me to say that, like, everything's going to be okay no matter what. And that's not true. I can't promise that. I can't. And I don't think anyone should. It's not something that we as humans... Um, have control over is when we tell someone no matter everything's gonna be okay well if someone dies and obviously that's not okay so it just it really impacts people I think at least it would my kids because they'd be like you said everything was gonna be okay you said so I'm always honest with them about what I have control over and the older ones really understand that concept but my younger ones don't so I'm like, look, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that I have you and you have me and we have each other and we'll get through whatever happens. And that, you know, that makes me feel better that I'm not promising something that I can't keep and that, um, you know, if something bad does happen that at least they know that I'm here for them. Um, but there's that. So that was really difficult. Um, and then another thing is um, I haven't been actually diagnosed with it. So like that's this is something that I've been looking at for years, actually. But I came in contact with a doctor that um, I explained all my symptoms to. And the doctor said, you have chronic fatigue syndrome. And I didn't go, like, this is a doctor that I met through um, family members. So it's not like I went to the doctor and the doctor ran tests and stuff. First of all, with chronic fatigue syndrome, there are no tests that can be run. It's literally excluding out everything. Um, else that it could possibly be but that's pretty much what has been done my entire life like they're like oh well it's not cancer it's not this it's not that it's not this there's no physical markers um, in the blood or anything like that of chronic fatigue syndrome so it's very hard to diagnose but I literally have every single one of the symptoms and when I say every single one there's one that says alcohol intolerance is one I get violently sick with just a little bit of alcohol. And I'm not talking like, oh, I'm a lightweight. I'm talking like, I can't drink alcohol. Like, a sip or two, fine. Tastes gross to me anyways. Um, if I don't taste the alcohol, I'm inclined to drink maybe a glass. But I get super tipsy just half. Like, I could have a 
thimble full of alcohol in my system and I probably would be already like tipsy and feeling like the wooziness and stuff and any more than that and I just feel sick I feel really sick like I'm gonna throw up I feel dizzy and I feel awful so I don't like to drink um but that's a sign that's a symptom of a CFS chronic fatigue syndrome and um well, there is no known cure for chronic fatigue syndrome. And what it is, is at, I get tired, but not just like sleepy or groggy. I'm talking about like a fatigue that is completely, it just has no bottom, like it's bottomless. And I've been diagnosed with depression several times. And um, when I talked to this doctor, he understood me. He really actually took the time to listen to my um, family history, to everything. Because I was like throwing it all in there. I was like, look, I don't know. And I need to give you all this information. So I told him that I had been anemic. I um, am no longer anemic. So for many years, the doctors were just like, yeah, the reason why you're tired is because you're anemic. I'm like, it's not just a tired. You're not understanding. Like it's so fatigued and so drained that if I'm like, okay, I can get up and I can make something to eat, but I don't have the energy to, to do the dishes afterwards and I need to sit down. And there are days where I don't even want to get out of bed and it's not depression because that is what I've been diagnosed with and it causes a certain amount of depression because my, I'm fighting against my body and it's like I'm laying there and I'm like get up get up you have so much you got to do you got to do this you got to do that and just you, you have so much you got to do just get out of bed and my body's like nope too tired can't move time for sleep and I'm like no I'm not gonna go to sleep I have so much to do come on stop it and my body's like I'm just going to close my eyes for like 10 seconds. And then I sleep for three hours. And that that's literally almost every day how my body reacts to me. I push myself through sometimes. Sometimes I take a caffeine um, things or coffee or five-hour energies. Whatever I've got to do to push through my day. And um, it does cause depression because I'm sitting there like, I'm not getting everything that I want done. I'm not able, I'm fighting against my body. I'm like trapped like a prisoner inside my own body. And it really sucks. And it does cause depression. But it, it is not depression itself that's causing the fatigue. And so I've had several arguments with actual doctors over this. Because they're like, no, depression is when you don't want to get up and get out of bed. I'm like, I want to. I really want to. And they're like, yeah, well, that's the thing with depression. You want to, but you don't because you're just so depressed. I'm like, I'm not depressed about anything except for not being able to get up out of bed. What are you talking about? So it's like catch-22 with some doctors. You just keep going in circles. And I learned, like, okay, just back off and find another doctor. So I've been searching for doctors that um, are familiar with chronic fatigue syndrome. And I met one that uh, through my family members that actually deals with it on a regular basis and knows all the signs and symptoms and stuff. And as I was talking about like how I felt, 
um, he was very like, yeah, this, this is what you have. You definitely have it. It's, it's for sure. And I'm like, well, is that a diagnosis? Like, well, you're not in my office. It's not like, you know, technically diagnosis, but you need to get diagnosed because this is what you have. And I explained, you know, that I've, they've ran so many tests and he's like provided that they, they did not run the test correctly or provided that they did run the test correctly. Sorry, I misspoke. Um, provided that everything that you're telling me is accurate, you have chronic fatigue syndrome. And so I was like, oh, okay. So that is for sure what I have. I need to go to a doctor, get it fully diagnosed, um, get hooked up with some research centers because it is not curable and there are treatments available, but um, there's been no known cure for it. So I don't get refreshing sleep. When I go to sleep, I don't feel like I've had sleep. I could sleep eight hours, 12 hours, 14 hours, six hours. I've done all the different sleep regimens. I've done non-sleep regimens where I just let my body go to sleep naturally. Um, it messes up my arcadian rhythm because my body gets the sleep. So it's not that I'm not getting the sleep that I need because I've done like, you know, okay, I'm gonna get eight hours a day or 12 hours or whatever different schedule I put myself on and how it messes up my arcadian rhythm is my body is so tired still. Like, it is just like unbelievably tired. But my brain is like, oh, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And it's running at full speed. And I can't sleep. When I've had too much sleep, it's still not like enough to make me have energy, but my, my brain won't shut off because I'm, it's like, shut up, you've had like 14 hours sleep. What are you talking about? You don't need sleep. So, it messes up my arcadian rhythm and then I'm just like up at three o'clock in the morning and stuff. Then like the next day I'm even more tired and it's not like when I tell you it's tiredness, it's not just tiredness. It's like I'm fighting my body to stay awake. It's not narcolepsy. Um, that is when you fall asleep, like just whenever driving or whatever, you just randomly just fall asleep. Um, I thought at one point it would be that, but it's not. So that's been rolled out. Um, and with CFS, a lot of things that um, that happen, you have to you have to rule out all of the other known causes for your symptoms. And because it affects so many different parts of your body, like the endocrine system, um, your neurological system, everything, it just completely hits your nerve system, everything, it hits everything in different ways. So um, doctors who aren't familiar with it are very like skeptical to diagnose it because there's no test for it. And it affects so many different systems. So like narrowing it down for them is like, all right, is it endocrine related? Is it brain related? Is it heart related? Is it and you just go through the normal way of diagnosis isn't how you diagnose this. So it's thrown a lot of doctors off their like, you know, mojo flow. And, um, but I definitely have it. I've researched it for so long and so many years that I just, I've 
pretty much diagnosed myself. And then when I talked to the doctor, he was just like, yeah, you definitely have it. Um, and it's hard. It's really hard to stay consistent when you have it because you just, there are days when you just don't even want to get up out of bed and it's like, you do want to get up out of bed, but your body doesn't. And you're so tired. You like barely have energy to feed yourself. And, and then, you know, if you have kids, it's way worse because you're like chasing them around and like losing all your energy. So it's, it's difficult. And so that's something I've had. I had a really bad, um, tired fatigue spell happen in the past two weeks. Um, usually it lasts only a few days. It lasts a straight week. It's very difficult because I have kids and, and compiled on top of that, their dad was in the hospital. So it was like very hard for me to just function just to even like be like, okay, world, I'm going to be a part of the world today. It was just very difficult. So that is an explanation for my absence. I apologize, guys. I really do because I care about each and every one of you. Um, I didn't abandon you. I won't abandon you. I'm staying true to this um, podcast and I'm doing my absolute best. When I tell you I'm doing my absolute best, I'm tired right now. Um, I'm having like a fatigue spell today, but I told myself I would at least update and let you guys know what's going on. Um, and it's Christmas. I mean, not Christmas. I'm sorry, but it was Christmas. Christmas passed. Merry Christmas. Forgot to tell you guys that. I um, hope you had a great Christmas and you got everything that you wanted. Um, I got everything that I wanted having a, um, not a hundred percent because it's not an actual diagnosis, but having a doctor confirm my symptoms being something that I've, I've been suspecting that I've had for a long time. That was Christmas present to me because, um, a lot of people thought that I was lazy. Um, just, I don't want to do, you know, things and they're like, oh, she doesn't even want to do the dishes or, you know, she doesn't want to clean. And the thing is like my house is spotless clean. But, um, it takes so much energy to do it that, like, I have to take breaks. So, like, most people can just get up and do the dishes. I'm like, all right, I can get up and maybe take 10 things out of the dishwasher and put them up and then sit back down. And I'm going to time myself for how long I sit down. And it's going to be 30 minutes, no more. And I have to literally take all day to clean on days that I'm extremely fatigued and it's very difficult very difficult um so there's that yeah um brain fog is also another symptom of it and that happens quite often actually um and it's yes people say it's a sign of getting older but there's so much more to it um it's you know my cognitive functions um, acts differently than when I'm not having a fatigue spell. And it's like, it's just spells of being so tired. Like you can't even think it's almost like when you go, other people have explained to me because if I go without sleep, it feels the same as if I have sleep. I have non-refreshing sleep, so it doesn't refresh me, but People tell me, like, if you go, like, two or three days without sleep, 
you don't think correctly, you can't make decisions because you have like a brain fog going and you're so tired, like you literally are just like fighting yourself, fighting your eyelids to stay open, even when you're driving, especially when you're driving or you're in a lulling situation, that's me. If I sit down, I consider that a lulling situation, uh, soft pillows, you know, and then I'm like, oh, I want to sleep and I, I don't want to, but my body just says like, close your eyes, 10 minutes, all you need is 10 minutes or five seconds of your eyes being closed and then it turns into three or four hours. And, um, and so I definitely think that if anybody has these symptoms, definitely get them checked out. Um, there are other reasons that these symptoms could occur. Like I said, they affect all the different systems. So um, there's lots of things that they need to rule out first before CFS is diagnosed, but they've literally ruled everything out for me. Um, and because I used to be anemic, that's what they used to like put it on. But, um, it, I'm not anemic anymore. Like my hemoglobins are a normal level now and, um, I still have the problems. So after all the blood transfusions, finally got my iron up and uh, there was a time when I just kept going. Like my iron just kept dropping and dropping and dropping and I'd get a transfusion and it would drop. And they were like, well, we're puzzled. We've never seen this before. It's like you have a hole in your gas tank. We keep filling up the gas tank and it just keeps going out. And um, they couldn't explain it, but they were able to, you know, keep giving me infusions um and after having blood transfusions they um started doing iron infusions and um because i think the blood transfusions are more temporary iron infusions lasted longer and so i was used to every like six months having three weeks of treatments and um this past like half year I hadn't had them, so when I went to the doctor, they were like, oh, yeah, because um, they know my history and stuff. They're like, oh, you're about due, huh? And I'm like, yeah, it must be why I'm so tired. And they're like checking my hemoglobin, and they're like, girl, you have good levels. They're normal. So I believe God cured me of the anemia because I had been praying so hard for that. But whatever the uh, cause for the cure I no longer am anemic and the hole in the gas tank is patched up or gone. Maybe my body naturally, um, you know, found it and was like, let's, let's get this hole patched up. But the fatigue stayed, stayed and it has not waned. And, um, so talking to the doctor, he said that, you know, it's clear that it's CFS. So we'll see. I'm, gonna get a real diagnosis um i can't afford this doctor because i'm in through rich family members so I, I don't have access to that kind of money so i'm gonna just keep researching doctors who um who are familiar with it but i can tell them look i talked to another doctor i'm just getting a second opinion they're saying it's cfs so I can at least get them on the track where they can like start ruling out the symptoms that can and can't be and stuff. But I'm pretty sure I am. So I just need that like on paper so I can start like some kind of treatment plan. Um, I want to get involved at the research center because 
Um, there's not a lot of money going into the research for it because it's so, um, so like obscure and a lot of people who have it don't know that they have it. They just think they're tired or, you know, it's, it's very, um, they call it the invisible disease. And there is, um, some people who have it more severe than I do. And I'm glad that I don't have it that severe. However, some people over time it gets worse. So I just pray that it never puts me in a catatonic state, which some people have gone into, um, where they are aware of everything. It's not like they're in a coma, but they can't move their body because their body is so fatigued. It won't move. And, um, I can, I can move. I'm tired doing it. And I feel like I ran a marathon before I wake up in the morning. Um, but I still can push myself to move. So hopefully those symptoms don't get worse over time. But enough about me. I'm sorry. I've been running on and on about this CFS thing. Um, thank you guys for supporting me and loving me through all of this. And for asking about me because I got a lot of those little messages on Anchor and I really appreciate every single person who um, asked how I was doing or if I was okay and it means a lot that you guys even wondered what I, you know, what I was up to and I felt bad. I listened to the messages and I responded um, today to some of y'all. I haven't gone back to everybody but just, just relax. This is my like public announcement of apology but um and letting you guys know what i was up to where i was and everything um and i did get your messages right away that it like flagged on my phone and i listened to them and they made me feel better i just i just didn't have the energy to respond to them right then and um even now i'm starting to feel like really drained so i'm gonna wrap this up soon but um, I just want to tell you guys, like, give you guys some inspiration. Sorry, that was my mom calling me. Oh, she's asking me if I'm okay. Sorry about that. Um, so um, I want to give you guys some inspiration for the new year because today is the last day of 2018. So what are you going to do with it? What are you going to end your year of 2018 on? Is it going to be a positive note? Or are you going to go into the new year with a positive attitude? Um, I hope so. I really do because that's what I'm doing. I um, I don't intend on um, dwelling on anything negative. Um, the CFS thing could be looked at as something negative, but I'm looking at it as something positive because it's an explanation. And I don't, I'm not crazy. And that's one of the big things. Like everyone thought I was lazy or crazy and um, neither of those things are true. So it makes me feel good that it's validation. Um, also, my kids like just brighten up every single day of my life and knowing that um, they're happy and healthy. Ending this year on that note with them just makes me so happy. They don't have to deal with anything like this. Um, or like their father has, um, we're keeping tabs on all of their medical, you know, everything because um, what he has is genetic and 
um, what I have may be genetic, but at the moment, I don't see any of them having the same symptoms I did as a kid. They all are full of energy and full of life. And even since I was a kid, I had a problem with energy and I would definitely get called lazy a lot by adults because they just thought like I didn't want to play or I didn't want to go outside and, you know, jump around with other kids and stuff. And like, I found more creative ways to use my energy because um, I couldn't run around and stuff like that. And I kind of think that I would have been more involved in things like sports and, you know, outdoor things had I had the energy because I do love all that stuff. It's just like looking at a tennis court is like, oh man, I have to chase that ball. I'm like, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> But if I had the energy to do it, I would. I think I would like that. Um, I like the the tennis on the Wii, um, but I admit, like sometimes I have to sit down to play it, and it bothers me that you know it's that pathetic sometimes. But like I try to still um, exercise and stuff. Um, I walk thirty minutes on the treadmill a day, and that. Um, it doesn't exactly help with energy. It makes me more tired, but I, I can't not exercise. I don't want to be like turning into like, you know, the 10,000 pound woman because I don't move. And so, um, I'm trying, and I'm also, I want to keep my muscles healthy and active and try my best to, um, exercise the best that I can, but I never really have the energy to do that. But anyway, my kids are happy and healthy so far, so good. Um, when I was a kid, I didn't want to like do anything that involved any kind of physical exercise. Um, even like stuff kids do normally and play and stuff like soccer and they're having such a good time playing, uh, dancing things that like kids automatically like I liked but I was like oh, I'm so tired I can't do it so I would just enjoy my friends doing it watching them do it <laughs> I was a spectator for most of my childhood um and I, f I feel like doctors should have noticed then when I was younger because what kid doesn't want to do the hokey pokey and like turn themselves around like do you know any kids that aren't like, oh, let me show you this dance? You know, like, I don't know any. But that was me because I was like, oh, I'm too tired to do the hokey pokey. I'll just sit here on the couch and watch my favorite TV show. And that's a lot of what I've done most of my life is watch my friends or watch TV or watch things because I don't have the energy to physically do things. Um, but when I have the energy, because it hits sometimes where I'm like, I feel like I'm kind of a normal person today where I can walk around a store, I can, um, and when I say like kind of normal, I mean I can't do like jumping jacks and run and stuff like that, but I can be a little bit more involved in things like, you know, society and go out and do things like walk around a shopping mall or, um, you know, go to a museum. Actually, that's what I pretty much do every single solitary time that I 
um, have energy is I try to go do something with the kids, like a museum or um, something that is interesting that I learn from, but also I can use my energy in a positive way. So I'm trying to be positive about it and do the best things that I can with what I've been given. Um, I still believe in spiritual healing. So I do believe that that is on the horizon for me too. Um, I'm positive about the new year. I think everybody should go into the new year with like completely like drop in 2018 off your back like a backpack. Drop it on the ground and be like, I am ready for 2019. I have no baggage. It's all, it's all me, baby. And you just walk into 2019 with that attitude and you say, here is what I want to accomplish. I found this is so important. Write down all of the things that you want to accomplish this year. Writing things down stores it in a place in your brain that constantly actually goes over it. Even if you're not thinking about it, it subconsciously goes over it. That's why when we make lists of uh, things that we put on the list, like if we forget our list at home, sometimes we're still like able to visualize it and remember what we wrote because it stores it in a place in the brain. Um, so especially things that you read, you write it and then you read it. So writing things down is really important. Um, and at the end of the year, like seal it in an envelope at the end of the year, I want you to open it up and read it and see what you've accomplished. You'd be surprised you have accomplished more things on that list because it's subconsciously going, it's mulling around in your brain than just being like, this year I'm going to do this, 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 and this in a conversation to yourself because most of the time you'll just forget about it or, um, if you have to like remind yourself, it's kind of like nagging yourself. Whereas subconsciously reminding yourself is like a positive way. So like say I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose 10 pounds this year. This year, my goal is losing 10 pounds. Um, actually that's not my goal, but I'm just throwing something out there. But say like, that's your goal. Okay, so if you just tell yourself that and you're just like, oh, I'm gonna lose 10 pounds then it becomes something somewhat negative every time like you keep reminding yourself like oh i need to lose 10 pounds god i just need to really do it i need to commit i need to do it you write it down it gets stored in your memory bank and it no longer becomes a negative thing it actually affects your decision making so like you're going like eat a second piece of cake and your body is automatically subconsciously saying like no you're not hungry and it it's it's crazy but this is like actually true like this it's um it's like stored in your memory but it's because you because you wrote it down and you read it subconsciously it also affects your subconscious decisions so like things that you don't normally have to think about like when you just get up in the morning and you like walk into the bathroom and like you know, wash your face off and, you know, do these things. These are subconscious things that your body just naturally like, gravitates to, to do. Um, and that's because you've been put on a regimen since like, you were a kid or whatever, but that's what you, your subconscious decisions are. You just naturally do it. Like you just 
mull into the bathroom. Like, you just do it. Same thing when you write things down. It gets stored in the same place in your brain where repetition and things like is stored. So it's going to completely be repetitive to you, but it's in a non-nagging way because it's going to be like, oh, I'm not really hungry for a second piece of cake. And it's not like, oh, you really shouldn't have that piece of cake even though you really want it. You really shouldn't have it because you're trying to lose 10 pounds. So it it's just makes your body react in different ways. Um, so writing things down really drives the point home with yourself and your subconscious. Number two, make sure that you have positive, reachable goals because like, if you have a giant goal that you're trying to obtain by the end of the year, yes, it's great to reach for the stars, but like if your goal is something that you can't obtain in a year, like you can't graduate college in one year. So like, unless you've already started, but I'm just saying like, you can't be like, oh, graduate college by 2019 and you start 2018, you can't. So, or you start at the beginning of 2019, like you can't. Don't put unobtainable goals in something like oh i'm gonna lose 50 pounds that's ridiculous you know you've got a whole year but still like just pace yourself with your goals like maybe lower it just a little bit remember what i said about lowering your expectations that's not a bad thing it's really not like if you tell yourself okay this year i'm gonna lose five pounds and you write it down Chances are by the end of the year, you've lost five pounds, but what if you've attained 10 and you're, you know, you're like, whoa, hey, I lost 10 pounds. I went five over my goal. I feel good. Then exceeding your goal feels even better than hitting your goal. And if you would have aimed at 10 pounds and you lost 10 pounds, it feels good. But like if you set your expectations a little bit lower, exceeding your goals um, feels really good. Don't set them too low though, because you want to challenge yourself. So just find a place where you you'd be happy with, and then know that you're going to strive to do the best. And then you're going to exceed your goal because that's, that's how we as humans operate. Um, if you are running on positivity, it is a never ending like source of energy, mental energy, and um, energy to get things done. Like, if I didn't have positivity in my life, I wouldn't be able to take care of myself. I wouldn't be able to take care of my kids. This CFS thing has got me drained so hard. But I'm like, you know what? At least I can walk. At least I can get out of bed. At least I can make myself something to eat. And you know what? So what if I have to take a break before I clean it all up? I can still do that. I can still... I still am able to manage my life with this CFS. So like I look at everything positively and that's really how you're going to have to go into the new year. Um, sometimes I've noticed like when people, bad things happen and like, you know, spill a drink automatically they label that whole day as a bad day. Don't do that with your year. Don't label your year. If it starts off, something bad happens, you're like, oh, great. That's gonna, that's, that's on my 2019's gonna be, I spilled a drink right at 12 o'clock. Just this, that's the beginning of my new year. I'm, I'm cursed. Because you are cursing yourself when you do that. You are. You're literally telling yourself subconsciously, programming it that everything that 
bad happens, you're going to magnify it and you're going to camp out in the negative tent of this is going to be a bad year for me. But those things are going to happen anyways. The positive things, what you need to magnify on. So there's like two rooms in your life that you can sit in. One is the negative room and it has pictures on the wall of everything bad that is going to happen or can happen. And the things that have happened um, that are negative. Your positivity room are all the things and potential that you can achieve and accomplish. And um, it's all the good things that have happened. So which room do you want to spend your 2019 in? Do you want to be in the negative room? Do you really want to focus on all the negative things? Because anybody can do that. Why do you think there are people who have everything, money, fame, everything, looks, everything, and yet they end up killing themselves and they commit suicide because they're sitting in that negativity room and they can't get out of it. They look at all the bad things. Um, and, you know, that's, that's a lot of reason what I believe causes certain mental disorders is sitting in that negative room make you crazy. But you sitting in that positive room, you feel like you could take on the world. Um, I believe in the power of, of creating your own energy and not the same energy as, um, like, you know, I have to be able to get things done like running or things like that. No, but it's a mental energy and it's a strategy where you can create energy in a room by positive thoughts. You really can. Like if you go to a convention that has, you know, has somebody who is a, a motivational speaker, that room of people can take on the world. That's like the greatest pep talk before, you know, a battle in an army. Like someone that you can either, or like even in football or something like that, you've got a coach or somebody who can really get in the heads of all the players and be like, you are going to do your best because you are the best. And you're just constantly feeding them all this positivity. They're going to go out there and they're going to crush it. Do you start sitting there like, well, started off the season kind of rough, you know, and like some of you guys, you know, you just need to learn how to throw a ball. And, you know, I mean, it, you've had quite a few bad days. You're just on a losing streak and, you know, get out there and win. It's not going to happen because everybody's sat in the negativity room and together working together, it's, it's not going to happen because they're all in the negativity room together. And that's another thing is people can drag you into their negativity rooms or their positivity rooms. I pull people into my positivity room and then they end up in their own because I'm like, look, we can, we can share this together. It's positive, wonderful energy, or I can love you from afar, but I'm not going to let you pull me into your negativity room. I'm not going to let you let help me into a worse situation than I could be in and make me dwell on things that haven't happened yet or have happened and I can't change when I have every bit of power to change the future um, with my positivity. And I, I do believe positivity can change the future. I really do. It just, it's all in certain um, aspects on how you concentrate it. Like it's like a beam of light and you have to learn how to focus that light. Um, and you could, you could start a fire with light. 
So think about that. And I have started many fires, positivity fires. I have lit people up just in, in motivating them and been like, you, and like, you are the best. What are you talking about? Like, you literally are the best at this. Or, you know, and I've, I've been around people that were so down for so long. And then I've really just like started building them up and edifying them and pulling them onto that positivity train because it's more like a train when you got a lot of people instead of a room. I think I'm going to call it the positivity train. Anyway, so you get those people on board, positivity train, choo-choo, and you'll notice like their aspects change. You can change someone's life just by being positive. You can be a light and shine it into their life and it will light up their darkness. You can do those things. And um, that's what motivates me every day is that I have the opportunity to have an impact on every single person that I see, that I touch, that I even um, talk to. Even if it's at a gas station. I've known so many times where I've just been like, I'm going to talk to this person in line and see if I can't spread a little positivity. And I do. And it's amazing seeing somebody just looking at the ground and what they're about to buy. Put maybe like a Reese or something. Just looking at, looking around and just mulling, thinking, you know. You can tell they're spending a little time in that negativity room. Or maybe they're not in either room. They're just in the hallway and they just are blank thoughts. And I move in and I'm like, hey, how are you doing? How's life treating you? And they're like, do I know you? I'm like, no, but I'm in line with you, so... It's all good. Like, you know, there's a few people ahead of us who just, you know, want to know how life is treating you. And they're like, huh, somebody's interested in my life, really? And um, of course, you've got those people that are like, yeah, well, everything's terrible. My life is terrible, blah, blah, blah. And what I say to those people is like, well, you have some really good things you can be thankful for. And they're like, like, what? Everything's gone wrong in my life. I'm like, well, you're sitting here talking to me, aren't you? You're standing, you're walking. I bet you there's some people that are in the hospital right now that are wishing to have uh, the ability to have a conversation with somebody in a store in line because they can't even walk and they can't leave the hospital because they're bedridden. So you've got that going for you. And then they're like, some of them are negative Nellies still. And they're like, yeah, 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 I can walk. Some people are like, you know what? You know what? You're right. You are right, girl. I'm walking. And then you can just sense like a, a proudness of their positivity, like a pride and positivity just like illuminate their bodies and you just start like, they're proud that they can walk. They're showing that they're proud they can walk. And um, I was going to do a skit. It was like, it's a really cool skit, but I'd have to put it on YouTube because it's physically like it's one that you have to see and not hear. But um, I was gonna like wake up. It was gonna be a Christmas one. I didn't get everything done that I wanted to do. I wanted to start the new year with my YouTube channel. It's probably gonna be somewhere in January, but I really wanted to start it on January first and like be like Happy New Year, blah blah. But it's okay. I'm good with the fact that I'm going to start. I know I'm gonna start it very soon and um so 
so the skit was gonna be um sorry i had to pause it you guys i'm sorry i just got really lightheaded and i had to lay down for a little bit but i'm i'm back um i'm not gonna spend too much longer on here because i'm really feeling it but um my skit was gonna be um, i was gonna wake up wrapped in wrapping paper with a bow I was going to break out of the wrapping paper and be like, I'm alive. Yes. It's the best present ever. And then everything in my life that people would take for granted would be wrapped. Like my food would be wrapped. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so lucky and blessed that I can sit down and have this meal. I can't believe it. There's food right here in front of me. This is mind blowing. There's people who don't even have food to eat right now. I am so blessed. And I like unwrap my food. And I probably have this speech after I unwrap my food because I don't know what it is. It's special. It's secret. And like each thing seems like, you know, a gift that people would wrap and, you know, like just everything. Like from the power being on to um, my shoes because they're... There are so many people in this entire world that don't even have shoes. I was looking at those statistics. In most third world countries, most people don't even wear shoes. Like, it's not even a thing. Like, 70% of third world countries don't wear shoes. And that's because the other, like, 30% are rich. And those statistics are not 100%. So, I'm like, you know, but it's close to that. It's like 71%. Yeah. But it's, um, it's true. Like, so, shoes... Can you imagine, like, how bad your feet would be if you were not able to wear shoes? Like, how many times you would be like, oh, no, walking on that. Like, or, you know, how many stickers you would have to pull out of your feet. Or, I mean, you just think, like, I have shoes to put on my feet. This is amazing. There are people in other countries that don't have shoes. Not only do they not have food, they don't have shelter over their head. I couldn't figure out how I was going to wrap the house. Like, maybe I was going to make, like, a little model of the house and then wrap it and then look like I was unwrapping it, like, through, like, video magic and stuff. Like, I was unwrapping my house. Like, I have a home to live in. Woo! A roof over my head. This is the most amazing Christmas present ever. And just things like that. So that was going to be my skit. I don't know. I thought it was going to be kind of funny, but now talking about it, it's a little, I don't know. Is it lame? You guys think it's lame? I don't know. But um, that was my idea. But it never happened because CFS took over and then overwhelmingness of situations beyond my control. But, sorry, because a lot of great things coming in the new year. Um... I have definitely not lost hope. I've, I've definitely completely been um, mentally preparing for a lot of things and um, just staying positive and just keeping myself moving. I think that with CFS, the whole trick to it is that if you stop moving, that's when you're going to just like go to sleep. But if you keep yourself motivated and moving, um, taking breaks here and there, you know, that's what I do. But Keeping moving lets me be able to function and um, move, you know, get through the day and get things done that I need to get done. Like I said, my house needs to stay clean because there's kids here and I need to um, keep them in a clean environment. And um, even though when like, I make a sandwich, I'm probably not 
feeling the energy to like put up everything I want to eat and I'm like but what I do is I take a few bites and then I get up and I put up some of the stuff and I take a few more bites and then I get up and I put some of the stuff and then pretty soon it's all done and I can rest, relax, finish my food and then as far as like cleaning up, cleaning up like dishes and stuff, I wait a little while longer because that takes longer energy wise. I found for me standing on my feet, things that I have involve standing on my feet for extended periods of time, like longer than 15 minutes make me really lightheaded and dizzy. And um, the the problem is when I feel like this, it's like having the flu. Imagine like living every day with the flu. Some days are worse than others. But like when you lift up your arms, that sore feeling in your arms, like if you're holding something above your head or having to do something like when I'm going through my clothes that are on the top, like I have a, um, like top hangers and bottom hangers with that. Stuff that are hung up high, I'm like, my arms are like, oh no, pick something now because then my arms are about to drop. Like the soreness, the body soreness happens. Um, and it's like the flu. When you get the flu and your body aches and you just have no energy and like lifting up your arms is a task. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. But it could be worse. I could be dying and I'm not. And I can live with this. So it's, it's all good. So thank you guys so much for joining me on my channel. I really appreciate all the support. Like I said, I will get back to some of you when I can um, and have a happy new year. Remember what I said about celebrating it on a positive note. Um, here's a challenge for you on when it like, goes three, two, one, happy new year. I want you to share that moment with someone. It doesn't mean like kiss somebody on the 12 o'clock mark or whatever. If you want to do that, that's fine. But I mean like, I want you to hug somebody and say today is going to be, a, this year is going to be a great year. That's what I want you to do. And I want you to mean it. And I want you to just hug somebody. And if you're alone and you don't have anybody, and you know, that's fine too. Um, but I want you to tell yourself, and I want you to hug yourself. There's no shame in hugging yourself. And say, this year is going to be an amazing year. And just like pump yourself up. Like, not just Happy New Year. Because it kind of, like, everybody kind of already says that. And it just, it's, it's so mainstream. That it's kind of taken away the, like, really positivity out of it. But, like, I want you to just, like, find the most upbeat, Thing that you could think of and just be like it's going to be the most amazing year listen to your favorite song a song that just really gives you good vibes and makes you jump around and just get excited um i don't recommend starting the new year by being drunk it's something a lot of people do but i wouldn't recommend it um if you have some champagne that's one thing get a little tipsy whatever but don't be drunk don't start the new year where you don't even remember bringing in the new year. That's, it's a little, it's a little much, you know? Um, and a lot of people do that. Um, definitely be safe. Don't drink and drive. If you're going to drink, don't, don't drive. It's just, you can tell yourself all day long that you can, you're able to do it, but you can't take back 
something that happens that's beyond your control if you've been drinking and a car accident happens even if it's not your fault it will be your fault because you have alcohol in your system and it will ruin your life like literally driving drunk will ruin your life even if you've done it before don't do it just don't do it um find somebody to bring you home um prepare Definitely prepare. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to go to this party, blah, blah. And then when you're drunk, you try to figure your way home. Think about who's going to take you home. Get it all boxed in. So you don't even have to think about it. You can just enjoy your new year, how you're going to get home. Or if you want to be a designated driver for somebody because you know you're not going to drink, do that. Do somebody a favor. Just be like, hey, I'm not going to drink. Do you mind if I be the one to take you home because then you need a ride? And, you know, be that person. You could save a life and not even know it. The trouble with a lot of miracles is they happen and we, we don't know what could have happened. So like you taking someone home in another reality, if you had not taken them home, they would have gotten in a car accident and died. But we don't know that because you took them home and they're alive and they go on living every day. And that's a lot of how I like to live my life every day, even bad things. God says we should count it all joy. And the reason why is because even bad things that happen, your car stalling, it could be saving you from an accident. You don't even know. And you're like, oh, this stupid car won't start. Like God's like, hey, would you rather a car not start or crash? So I'm just saying like he, you know, there's a lot of things that we take for granted that are actually moments where pivotal moments where it's actually saving us. So be that person, be that light, be that inspiration, go save somebody's life by taking them home. And, um, even if they don't thank you, just know that you got to thank you for me. Thank you for doing that. And if you're going to drink, find somebody like that, who's going to take you home Get an Uber. There's many choices. Prepare before you get drunk. Prepare before you drink. And um, just hope everybody has an amazing new year bringing it in. Um, full of love, light, positivity. And um, if you guys want to like give me any messages or say Happy New Year on my anchor, um, I definitely will put those up on my podcast if you want to do that um say it through anchor so that way i can easily upload it uh and you know you guys just have the best possible bringing in the new year that you can and this year is going to be amazing this year is going to top all the years because this year is the, this year is the year that we're going to be aware of all the things that we want to change and we're going to um, actually enact those changes. And we're going to see some amazing and positive results this year. It's, it's, it's going to be mind-blowing the things that are going to happen. There's going to be healing. There's going to be um, reunification. There's going to be all kinds of really wonderful things happening this year. So we just want you guys to think about the things that you need. Um, whatever you need, whether it's money, financial situation, whether it's healing, whatever it is, we're chasing after those goals this year. Write them down. Don't forget. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Spread love, light, and positivity everywhere you go. Remember, bring in the new year with a lot of that love, light, and positivity. Try to affect somebody else. Bring in their new year. Uh, don't drive crazy. Don't drive drunk. Be a designated driver if you can. And that's all the advice that I have coming into the new year. So um, take care of yourselves and 
Have a wonderful new year. Bye.